Blue is the color. Welcome to the FPL Blues podcast, hosted by Bucks and Brian. Brian, how are you doing today? You're looking pretty up in the, you got the top 100K glow about you today. Yo, Bucks, good to be back on the podcast. We have a small double game week behind us in 25, but game week 26, the massive double with eight teams. I'm excited to be here for that. And we got some moves to make. We got to rise up in the standings and you and I are actually on green arrows this game week. That is a, a rarity these days. So I'm glad we we're both uh, rising in the rank. Hallelujah. Ain't that the truth? And we are now officially two thirds of the way through the season as we enter into double game week 26 this weekend for FPL. As Brian mentioned, it's going to be absolutely massive. I think expectations could not be any higher for expected points for my team, for your team, for each and every FPL manager's team as they look towards a massive eight double game week teams. And so I think there's going to be a lot of big scores, hopefully a lot of triple digit scores. And we're expecting massive returns uh, from our players. And there are a lot of common players with great matchups, isn't, aren't there? Absolutely. This is a prime time to use your bench boost or triple captain chip. You'll be seeing many, many people in your mini leagues use those and across the FPL community. So no time better than this one right in front of us since we don't have any other double game week announcements set up at the moment. But uh, yeah, looking forward to hopefully continuing to march up the rankings bucks. So let's start with you, a green arrow, a first uh, green arrow in many weeks. How are you feeling? Oh, it felt so nice. It was like a moment of Zen at the 90th minute. If with six minutes of extra time, when Bruno Fernandez, my captain out of nowhere, he scores a meaningless second goal of the match to seal the win for United and to really put a bow on his captaincy on my team. So that leaves me on 72 points, a nearly 30,000 spot green arrow up to 151,000 in the world. Uh, again, that goal was completely meaningless in real life for United, but it was absolutely massive for me and many FPL managers who captained Bruno Fernandez. This was the difference between a small red arrow and a really healthy green arrow and, uh, you know, really a respectable game week turning into a great game week. And uh, I had all those emotions flowing in the last five minutes of that second game between Brighton and United uh, because... I, I wasn't looking so hot. I only had De Gea and Bruno. <laughs> Ronaldo gets the goal. Um, and so there are a lot of managers who were just feasting. And uh, yeah, Bruno did the business. He came good for the second time this season in the double game week. He really uh, was a massive, uh, massive play as a captain. Uh, beyond Bruno, I did have some successes from Jared Bowen, who once again is just absolutely in fuego. I mean, someone's got to get this guy in an ice bath. He's going to, he's going to spontaneously combust in real life, not just in the FPL game. He gets 13 points, a goal and an assist. Best form of the entire premier league at the moment. He is undroppable. You have to start him. I've seen a lot of chitter chatter about people maybe benching him for like King or Dennis, who has a double game week is like, get out of here with that trash. You got to start Bowen nonstop in every game week. He's being clinical with his touches around the box. He's got the pace and then he chips in a last second, uh, you know, corner kick to get the header to draw level with Lester. He's just prime time player right now. 
And uh, honestly, it's going to be crazy if he can continue this form through the rest of the season, what his price tag is going to be next season. There's going to be no bargain bin uh, shopping with him next season. He's going to have a big rise in price. Yeah, him and Jota both, uh, I think, are both significantly underpriced. And uh, for Jared Bowen specifically, I absolutely believe he has earned a call up to the England national team. I mean, he has just totally leveled up his play to not just maybe one or two levels. He's gone from being a quality role player to being a true star um, just over the course of this season. So really impressive. Um, Just to round out my team, De Gea ends up with 10 points total. Andy Robertson gets seven and Trent closes out the contributions with half a dozen. So 72, nice quality score. Uh, but I still fell short of my podcast co-host, Brian, you bested me once again. How'd you fare? Hey, I mean, it was only a single point, but uh, yes, I had a 73 point game week and really had a, a solid rise of about 18 K which was about 19% uh, overall rank rise. So that's that's really big. Anytime nice. you can do over 10% rise in rank in a given game week is, is huge. So stoked about that. And honestly, this this Bruno moment in time, this is, this is one of the low-key moments of the season, to be honest. I did not own Bruno, and I held on to CRY7 and then also had De Gea. And I captained De Gea in this game week, and he ends up on 20 points as my captain. And there was honestly, there became no difference between Ronaldo and him. They both got 20 points if you captain him. But this moment where well, I was looking at my overall rank, I was trying not to jinx myself by looking at it in you know livefpl.net. And because I wanted to make sure that that clean sheet stayed intact. So I actually did not jinx myself, which I usually like to jinx other people. So you, I was avoiding that, Bucks. You are, you I've are. I've done that to I, you multiple times. You are a known <laughs> and uh, well chronicled jinx uh, in the FPL game and and otherwise. Yeah, I, I I can definitely be jinxy. So I avoided <laughs> checking my overall rank, but just knowing that so many of the top 100k captain Bruno, I I was a bit devastated because I think I would have had closer to a a 35 percent rank rise. Like it would have been a lot larger if uh, he blanked, but lo and behold, he is a double game week hero. Once again, he goes into the double game week hall of fame, H a U L because he, what I think he had 46 points in the earlier double game week. He comes through with 24 points this game week. So really impressive for him as a captain shout and they get the three points and they're now sitting in the top four. So it'll be a battle between West Ham and man United for the rest of the season. But yeah, back to my team. I'm also very fortunate because I rolled my transfer. So I have two free transfers heading into double game week 26. And in this game week, I had both Cancelo and Laporte play zero minutes. So, and Laporte especially is a big differential for me uh, on that Manchester City double up. So that was tough to swallow. So I had King and then Duffy. One of my like moments of my game week was he came in in the 91st minute to get one single point off the bench for uh, for Laporte. So I was very happy about that. Made a, made a one-point cameo versus uh, Watford. So it's it's the little things that add up that you, uh, you have to derive joy from sometimes, Bucks. Yeah, Duffy, he was the difference between our teams uh, in double <laughs> game week 25. The Duff and man. It's funny because we were chatting before the end of the Man United-Brighton match. And I was just commenting how De Gea looked really good, but 
you know, United, they, they're always going to leak a goal. And I was suspecting even, even with Brighton down a man that they could give it up. And De Gea got saved by his crossbar because that ball by Jacob Motor really, it beat him. He, he had no chance at it. It was a spectacular goal, ball from deep outside the box. And uh, De Gea was beat. And that would have really hurt both of our team scored scores. But uh, yeah, you know, having Ronaldo, having David De Gea, your team uh, is just looking like it's in a really good place. Uh, that being said, wasn't as good a place as the manager of the game week. You want to highlight who that was for double game week 25, Brian? That goes to one of your close friends who is in the FPL Blues Super League, Randy Goldstein, a.k.a. Chelsea Blues. Woo-hoo! He puts up an incredible 94 points without using a chip. A truly remarkable score in a wow. game week where if you had over 65 points, you were kind of flying and probably expecting a green arrow. So to come up with 94 points, Bucks, run us through his team. Who did he have leading the way? All right. Randy had Bruno captain for 24. He had Webster, the Brighton defender, who absolutely went crazy this double game week with 16 points. Jared Bowen, 13. De Gea with 10. Ronaldo with 10. Foden with 8. I'm getting tired and out of breath just reading this. Trent with half a dozen. <laughs> and this brings Randy up into the top three of the FPL Blues podcast Super League. Uh, he's one spot behind you, Brian. And everyone's chasing Maya Tonneson. As we mentioned, she is the now queen of our Super League uh, for another game week. And there's a lot of moving pieces at the top of our Super League table. Uh, I'm not too far behind, but it's really it's looking like it's a five-team race between Maya's team, Goalmeisters, Brian, your squad, Randy's team, and then we have Amar and Corey and Pepe Pig. Uh, so a lot of season left. Again, there's still a third of the season left, but a massive, massive jump from Randy. 94 points without a chip. And uh, he has red hair, but he was just, he was even more in fuego than Jared Bowen was <laughs> for double game week 25. That's for sure. Congrats, Randy. Damn, Buck's just putting putting his business out there like that. I, I didn't do you dirty, Randy. I'll, I'll, I'll admit that was Buck's, not me. But um, yeah, I love that he also got points from Foden and from Cristiano Ronaldo, who are two players that have not been delivering lately, but he kept the faith and uh, so did I. And those were some huge goals to get this game week. So well done to Randy. And looking at the top five of our FPL Blue Super League, there's actually only, like you said, Bucks, only 12 points total separate second through fifth. So we'll be very interesting to see who wins some swag by the end of the season. Absolutely. And it's it's anyone's game still. Uh, worth mentioning, Randy actually doubled up the game week average. The game week average in double game week 25 was 46 points. Now, I'm not too great at math, but I know uh, that that's 90, 94 is more than 46 times two. So with that, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll dive into the top performers for double game week 25. All right, Bucks, let's take it to the top. Let's talk about the top performers of double game week 25. And let's start with a single game week player. One Raheem Sterling. He gets a hat trick versus Norwich 18 points. And had a his first goal was absolutely scintillating, great curling effort. And then he had a couple tap-ins, one of those being after he missed a PK. But overall, City just continued to dominate every opponent in front of them. I think they hung five goals today versus Sporting in the first uh, leg of UCL. 
they're just a machine right now and they're not giving up any goals. And even though they have no double game weeks ahead, all of their assets are very much FPL relevant. Absolutely. And this was the first time that Pep Roulette really struck in a major way. And that was to the detriment of many FPL managers who had Cancelo. I transferred out KDB because I was scared of this. Uh, Laporte, as Brian mentioned, was a victim of the Pep Roulette. But Sterling, he had his day and he was the bell of the ball against Norwich. You know, all the other top flight players get rested. So Sterling comes in and he just absolutely dazzled. You mentioned that first goal. Uh, that was world-class. I mean, that looked like vintage Sterling from two or three years ago. And, you know, he has great confidence and charisma on the pitch. So it was great to see that he wasn't flustered by the fact that he missed the penalty kick, which wasn't his best effort. He just kind of shook it off, immediately went over, pounced on the rebound, put it in the back of the net. I mean, that is just a player who is really delivering. And when his name is called, he's ready to put on a 10 out of 10 performance on the pitch. So pretty impressive from Raheem the Dream uh, in a single game week, besting a number of double game week players, which is becoming a trend, we should mention. Yeah, and that puts Sterling on 10 goals and three assists for the season so far. So he enters double digits for goals scored. And he's a player that if I was potentially on a free hit in game week 27, when a lot of other teams are blanking, he's the type of asset that can help you rise in the ranks that other players won't have. So I really like the likes of, you know, just looking at the future for game week 27, Mares and Foden, and even Sterling. Those are the kind of three midfielders that could help you rise in rank that have shown some form lately. Great shout. I just want to go quickly into our FPL Blues podcast time machine and rewind to preseason. We boop, actually, boop, 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 boop. yeah, I love the sound effects. We actually predicted <laughs> in preseason that Raheem Sterling would have a return to form um, going into 2022. That was one of our kind of big calls in one of our episodes predicting and leading up to the FPL start. And Raheem Sterling was a player that we saw could be a great differential and thought we were, he was going to have a resurgence because there's so much more talent and creativity in the Manchester City midfield. He's one of the players that has the kind of pace and the gusto to get it on goal. And he's really showing his classy finishing. Elsewhere around the league, we see Adam Webster score his second goal of the season for Brighton. He scores versus Watford and totals 16 total points, 4.4 million bucks. For those who brought him in for this double game week specifically, a.k.a. Randy, they were flying. So hats off to them for taking a punt on this defender. And let's be honest. Brighton are a very defensively sound team and they can keep cleans against the bottom half any day of the week. So it was a very calculated move to bring in the likes of Webster. He gets a one point versus Manchester United, but ends on 16 points. So some huge uh, upside there with a defender goal. Yeah, easy player to bench too. So uh, really smart, smart business by Randy to bring him in and start him. I think uh, Brighton are just showing that they are a really great and well-drilled unit because it continues to be next man up. You know, it was Duffy early in the season. They ship out uh, some of their players, some of, some of their, you know, more regular and proven players uh, in Dan Byrne. And, you know, Veltman comes in, Webster comes in. It doesn't matter. They keep it ticking along. And uh, I thought they were really the better side uh, than United until the red card for Lewis Dunk. And that obviously changed the whole complexion of the game. Uh, but Webster, standout player in the Brighton double game week. 
Yeah, it's also important to note looking at the other assets from Brighton from a defensive perspective. Lamptey gets a clean sheet and an assist in the first match. He ends on 12 points in this double game week. I had Veltman. He's 4.2 million and he came in for eight points. So lots of value to be had for some of these defenders. And I think when we look at upcoming double game weeks, it's really key to find those cheap 4.5 million pound assets that you can have in your squad, but easily bench in future game weeks. So I think those are the types of players that you want to take punts on rather than, you know, the likes of Trossard, for example, or, you know, mid-priced assets in not very attacking teams. They don't seem to be getting the points. So if you're going to take a punt on double game week players, I'm thinking specifically of Burnley coming up and any of those defenders sub 5 million, it, it would be worth bringing in one of them. And I think they're, they're going to bring in at least four to eight points. And that's uh, pretty solid when you compare it to the rest of the blankers uh, from this past game week. Absolutely. And I think that gets us really nicely to discuss the next two players who wanted to shout out Michael Keane and Seamus Coleman from Everton. The defensive duo each got a goal and kept clean sheets versus uh, Leeds, who looked absolutely terrible. And uh, it was nice, nice return to form for Everton. And I think this was a big turnaround uh, for Frank Lampard, who's newly at the helm for this team. Uh, this was a massive win and a massive step in the right direction following an absolute drubbing uh, to Newcastle in his first match. Yeah, unfortunately, no sighting of DCL in that victory, but uh, Frank Lampard gets his first win back inside the Premier League. So we'll see how he continues to improve the squad. And I mean, I still don't rate their defense very highly, but I think they will score some goals over the next couple game weeks and they have the fixtures to put those numbers up. So uh, again, let's just touch on one more player, Jared Bowen, 13 points. I think you called it bucks. He deserves an England call up. Hopefully in the next international break, it would be great to see him get some experience alongside his peers. And given that he's kind of in that age of like 25 to 26, he's really finding his stride in the league and has the utmost confidence. And it's just great to see him, you know, healthy with bounds of energy. And he, you know, plays off of Antonio streaking down the middle of pitch and his, his, first couple touches on the goal that he took were, were awesome. It was great to see somebody have that confidence and take that long ball from over the top. I think, um, who was it that I think Diop who came in for the cat hating Zuma in warmups, he had the assist there over the top versus Lester. And yeah, they, they just look, uh, they look fantastic. So I'm really curious to see how this ends up from a Bowen and Antonio versus Manchester United uh, perspective as we come to the end of the season towards top four. Yeah. And, you know, Bowen, there's a spot open because Greenwood's uh, obviously not going to be in the team uh, come this coming oh, World Cup. Wow. And so uh, I think Bowen is a prime candidate to just slot in and uh, vacuum up that availability. And he plays such an aggressive and intense brand of football that I just think he's the perfect player for West Ham, but he's also the perfect player pretty much for any counterattacking side. And I think what's amazing is that he still looks like he's fresh. Whereas we're getting to the point of the season, there's been a lot of matches over not so much time between the games. And, you know, some teams are more heavily rotated than others. West Ham is not one of those teams that rotate very heavily. Bowen just looks like he's, you know, straight out of the freezer and he looks ready to go and, uh, you know, ready. To, he's, he's ready 
to deliver match in, match out. So I think he's an absolute must-have for the rest of the season, even though West Ham don't have any double game weeks uh, to reschedule. Yeah, he's the second highest scoring midfielder in all of FPL, and he has 22 points more than Jota, who is wow. on like 12 goals this season. So wow. very impressive to see him trickling in the points and mopping up all the bonus points. I think that's a big difference between a player like Bowen and Jota is that Bowen is on all these bonus and extra you know, underlying numbers. So great asset zone, happy to start him every week the rest of the season, basically. All right, that was the good. Let's get to the not so good, uh, the floppers. I think the standout for me was Rafinha. Uh, he is a player who has a double game week, and we've really identified and continue to come back to him as the creative talisman, the engine that powers leads offense, and really their whole hope of being successful in the Premier League really centers around Rafinha and his creative abilities. Unfortunately, in this game, he was subbed off at halftime incredibly bizarre there were questions of bielsa who's the coach for Leeds, after the match asking if there was an injury or if he uh had a cramp or if there... he said no no injury uh he fine uh, just rest which is very bizarre i mean uh, that was a horrible impersonation but uh if you could just understand i think the reporters in the room i think uh bielsa you know might trying to to pretend to be him. Everyone was confused by that answer because everyone was so shocked. They needed goals to get back in the game and they take off their best player. So that was very, very bizarre. Uh, ends up with a one pointer in advance of a very difficult looking double game week. Uh, but he was a player that I think was very popular to bring in early based around this Everton match and how weak Everton had looked. Uh, they just put the screws to leads. Another player we do want to shout out and another blanker, Ollie Watkins, uh, he's a player that I brought in on wildcard, and he's disappointed. Um, however, he did have a to moment. To of, say the least, to say the least, Bucks. And yeah. he, he even trolled us. He teased us with a, a potential goal, and it gets chalked off by VAR. I've had this player. I've actually moved Antonio out for him in, like, game week 18, and he's had two matches canceled, then got COVID, and then he's had five blanks. So, whoo, he is uh, stinking up the joint. Yeah, he was so close, though. I mean, that was like millimeters offsides for uh, what was his goal, but VAR had other plans. And I think, really, we should just include all the Aston Villa team. They've been really riding high the last couple weeks. And, uh, yeah, this was a really smash back down to earth. They looked totally ineffective, clueless, and stymied by Newcastle, uh, who just beat them up and down the pitch 1-0 at home. So interesting result. Yeah, and Newcastle's a team on the rise. Unfortunately, Trippier has a broken metatarsal, so he's going to be out almost the rest of the season. But he just got them basically six huge points in the relegation battle with a couple back-to-back games with free kicks scored. So uh, it's just really fun to watch this Newcastle team and St. James Park be rocking and excited to hopefully stay in the Premier League and spend even more money in the offseason. I think it's fair to say that the Saudis will have agreed that Kieran Trippier's his watch has ended. And with that, hopefully they'll stay up in the Premier League this season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bucks. Uh, another flopper I wanted to mention was the Leicester defense. Considering this was a top six team the last couple of years, their defense has been absolutely shambolic. I cannot believe the amount of goals that they are shipping. And they actually have the most expected goals conceded over the last four matches at about nine and a half goals. 
and they took a lead here versus West Ham at the King Power two to one, and they give away a cheap set piece goal to Dawson in the waning moments of that game. So Brendan Rodgers is having a tough season and their defense looks terrible. Still no Jamie Vardy. They do have a big fixture swing coming up in game week 28. I think they have three matches yet to be rescheduled. So we will be talking more and more about their assets, but we're going to wait until the double game weeks get confirmed for Leicester before, um, you know, we pile on some of their mid-priced FPL assets from an attacking perspective, defense trash. Get yeah, out of here. Very bizarre. Cause I think these were, they were the most consistent team in the premier league over the past three seasons. And they are just on an absolute rocky road with two and a half working wheels. It's almost like my current vehicle at home, but uh, they, I just don't know. I think Brendan Rogers was probably one of the top choices to get primo jobs. Like if Liverpool came available and Jurgen Klopp wanted to coach the national team or if uh, you know Tottenham Hotspurs were looking at a new coach, or even Man United in the offseason. Brandon Rodgers was commonly a name that was top of the list, and I think he's he's having a rough go of it right now, and he's not having the best season from the sideline um, with his managerial decisions and, and subs. Uh, he's just not getting it right right now. Yeah, and they've had a lot of injuries to their defensive spine, particularly looking at James Justin, who is just coming back. Wesley Fafana, who is one of their young, bright stars in the defensive uh, back line. And they've just had a rotating wheel of their defenders back there. Indeedy has started instead of playing defensive mid, he's played center back a few times. Um, it's a very bizarre situation. Lester, uh, definitely a season to forget. Um, this is pretty much where I would put this one at. Okay, let's get to our newest section, FPL Nuggets. I'm excited to dive in. To this section oh yeah bucks give me give me the nuggets give me let's the get, nuggets we, what do we got what do we got a 20 20 piece here what do we got yeah some sweet and sour sauce maybe some tangy bbq this is the second one and this one is a really bizarre one and really centers around the advanced stats so through 25 game weeks jared bowen and his teammate Mikel antonio have the exact same expected goals and expected assists i mean Get your head out of the out of the wormhole for that one. Wow. Uh, And it's really this is only true in the statistics on the advanced stats computations, because in real life, they could not be in more different places right now. Jared Bowen has seven goals in his last seven matches. He is the absolute highest form player right now in the entire game. At the same time, Antonio, he has not scored. In five matches, his last goal came six matches ago in the first game of their double game week in match week 21, where he actually scored against Crystal Palace. So uh, one of them is just hitting their stride. Absolutely. He's like Usain Bolt. The other one tripped, uh, you know, a couple meters ago. Uh, Worth mentioning, Bowen is now the top scorer in 2022. Mikel Antonio hasn't really registered a blip uh, in the new year. Nice bucks. Thanks for feeding us those FPL nuggets. If you don't have Bowen, what are you doing? You got to have him on the squad. It was just like last year as well with when Lingard hit his form for those, uh, you know, dozen game weeks, you got to get the player in form, especially when they're cheap. So, um, you know, definitely keep riding the momentum with Bowen and Antonio. I'm just curious that Moyes has not brought in another striker to 
play consistent minutes behind him. There's so many times where Antonio looks gassed 25 minutes into the match. And it's just a byproduct of him playing too many matches. He's stayed relatively healthy all season, but he doesn't have that burst. He doesn't have uh, what he kind of needs to get past defenders to score goals right now. And luckily Bowen is doing that for the hammers, but I would say at the top of the list for Moyes and the hammers side during the off season is to get a quality backup behind him. And that should be easy to do. You spend 15, $20 million and get a guy that can come in, uh, play some of these Europe, Europa matches, et cetera. But uh, he just looks dog tired at the moment. Agreed. All right, let's take our break. And when we come back, we're going to discuss the ideal team for double game week 26. All right, Bucks, let's talk chip strategy. So double game week 26 coming up. A lot of managers will be activating their chips. So I know you and I are very confident on potentially using our triple captain. But before we jump into that section, we want to talk about a potential free hit team for this upcoming game week, because that gives our listeners the sense of what are some of the top players to target at each position. A lot of managers will be even looking to take one or two hits, you know, a minus four, a minus eight this week could pay dividends if you're bringing in the right double game week players. So let's, uh, let's take a look at this double game week free hit team that I put together bucks and let's start in goal Ramsdale. Foster. That's the combination I have at the moment. And Ramsdale is a player, frankly, that I don't have in my side that I'm really fearing for this game week. I think he could put up an easy 15 points in both of these matches. And when you look at their their matchups against the likes of Brentford and Wolves, there could be a lot of clean sheet points and plus, you know, a few saves. So I think he he has a very high floor this upcoming game week, and as does all of the defense for Arsenal. Yeah, I rate that Ramsdale shout. I think he's the number one goalkeeper in this game week. Uh, other considerations, I mean, Allison, if you didn't have a triple up on Liverpool, but I'm not sure why you'd waste that spot on their goalkeeper. Uh, Jose Sa for Wolves, they also have a double game week against Leicester and Arsenal. Not the fiercest opposition. Uh, but also not as cushy as the other two. And lastly, Ben Foster, uh, cheap enabler, but he does have two matches. Uh, Important to note that I think Ben Foster and the double goalie double game week is a reason that some people might think that the bench boost chip is the most impactful this game week, because it's rare that you'd be able to program and plan to have both your goalies have double game weeks in any random week without really knowing it going up to and leading up to it. So I think if you had Ramsdale Foster, there might be a reason to consider hitting the bench boost instead of triple captaining Mo Salah or another Liverpool player. Completely team dependent there. But uh, I just want to also shout out again, Jose Sa. He's been an incredible asset this season. He just records a 10 pointer on the weekend and he actually passes Ramsdale for most points per million. So very impressive showing so far from Sa. And when you look at the Wolves defense, there is definitely some assets you could bring in because they have conceded the second least amount of goals, only three behind Manchester City. And we kind of put wow. you know, City on a le- in a league of their own, on a tier of their own. But from a defensive perspective, Wolves play like seven or eight defenders. They're not scoring many goals, but they're keeping a ton of clean sheets and keeping it tight, keeping it tight. 
they're in the gym bucks and uh yeah definitely a good shout for their backline assets so let's also talk about Romain Sice and possibly eight nori I, these are two players that i would be definitely targeting on a free hit for game week 26 Sice comes back after being at the african cup of nations and he's has tons of goal threat he is great in the air he's a very st- stout and a strong powerful player and i would uh fancy him to be involved in a potential goal over the next couple of game weeks i love that chat i think sice is clearly the best option from wolves backline that's the reason he's the most expensive eight nori i think is the most attacking other option only issue is he really is their kind of de facto fourth and a half fifth option and they play tend to play four at the back so he's a little bit more of a rotation risk that's what you get when you pick the most budget option. And I'd say in the middle there, uh, Connor Cody, he's actually upped his goal involvement and he is a bonus points vacuum. So I think any of those three, you can't go wrong. Uh, Jose saw in goal is a little more expensive, but uh, you know, get one, get two of those guys, start them and just kind of forget about them. They're not a very uh, high upside play, but they also have a pretty consistent uh, floor uh, which is better than most single game week players I think are going to have in double game week 26. Absolutely. And looking at the other attacking defensive assets, a lot of managers already own Cancelo or Trent. So we're not going to talk about them too much. I, I particularly would still start Cancelo versus Tottenham. We just saw them get cleaned away versus Wolves and City are even a league above them. So I would confidently start Cancelo. But another player that we should talk about is Kieran Tierney at 5.1 million. He is on an absolute tear in the matches that he has played. So going all the way back to game week 15, he's got three double digit hauls. And then he also has a seven, a six and an eight pointer in those matches. So over the last like nine game weeks, he's been an absolute star. And if you can grab him in your free hit team or just as an asset, Something, something about Tierney screams double-digit haul to me this double game week. So it's actually good that we're here now because I wanted to ask you ahead of the transfers and captaincy selection. I currently have Lucas Dean, and he is the same price as Kieran Tierney. Dean plays Watford in double game week 26, so he only has a single game week. But then he plays in game week 27, whereas Tierney doesn't. So do you rate the kind of hokey cokey nature of maybe going from Lucas Dean to Tierney and then maybe back to say a a Burnley player. So I can get the most matches, even if that means that I have to take a minus four hit. I mean, I guess what's your guidance as we look at the best players for double game week 26, would you take a hit to get in the best defenders or best goalkeepers? I guess is my question. Honestly, I would still be chasing the upside of taking hits for the attacking players this game week. Although I really like Tierney, it's going to be a lot more fun to watch Saka at 6.4 million potentially come into your side and have two bites at um, at attacking returns. I think, especially if you're looking, if you have Dean, which he's been the flavor of the month um, since coming over to Villa, he's disappointed in the last two matches as all of the villains have, but versus Watford is a great match. You know, you, you can confidently expect six points in that one. Uh, I believe, especially the way that we see the attacking side from Watford lineup. And 
Tierney would be great to have, but I would not be taking a hit to do a hokey cokey because it just, again, team dependent, but there you have to plan ahead and looking at the fact that they're going to blank in 27 is, is really tough. So I don't think it's worth focusing your transfer efforts there. And you, you'll have a, you'll have a, a weaker link in your side than the likes of Dean. Yeah, fair. All right. That's a nice transition. You mentioned Sokka. I think he's a player that you really rate in double game week 26, as do I. Um, we mentioned Bowen. I think he's him and Cancelo, I think are the only two players that I can think of just off the page that have single game weeks that I would for sure be starting in double game week 26, unless I had other options that, you know, had quality doubles. Um, otherwise, you know, Jota, Sala, uh, I think both those players need to be included. You could go Sun, um, but I think Spurs have a little bit tougher game week than many are making out. I mean, they play City and then Burnley, and Burnley haven't looked like they're the same kind of uh, cupcake side that we saw early in the season. They are starting to round together and be more stout defensively. Um, so I don't think either of those are real shoe in matches. Uh, but I do think that you need to have three Liverpool players. So Salah, Jota, both of them really stand out potential triple captain options. Um, so I would definitely be loading up on Liverpool, uh, if possible, in midfield. Worst case, uh, definitely have Salah and the big the big wingbacks uh, for this double game week. Yeah, Bucks, looking at Jota, very confidently going to start him this game week he just got his rest which i think is huge uh he made you know a 20 minute cameo in their win versus burnley and salah i don't have him currently in my squad but i will be moving heaven and earth to get him in for the potential triple captainship this game week so i think another shout though just want to talk to you bucks about a lot of managers have bruno fernandez in their team right now and he just delivered in the double game week i think previously I've seen a lot of strategies of just thinking about moving him to Sun, but now after we see, we just saw him put up, you know, a goal and max bonus. He looked pretty decent, missed a big chance, but he's playing leads in game week 26. So do you just stick with him or would you downgrade him to Sun for the double game week? Yeah, it's exactly the situation that I'm in. Actually, I have Bruno and, the whole time after I made my wild card in game week 24, I have all my transfer moves written out on a piece of paper as if, Ooh, if ladies and ladies and gentlemen, he's showing me a piece of paper with a lot of uh, scribbles, and scribbles on there. And, yep. you know, if it all went according to plan, then I would have gone KDB and Bruno to Sun and Sala this game week and then triple captain Salah. Obviously, last week, there were some concerns that KDB would be rested. That ended up being true, so I brought in Salah a game week early. Uh, I just think that kind of seeing what we've seen in game week 25, Spurs looked horrible and really discombobulated, and Man United, especially in that second half against Brighton, they looked like a really creative and enterprising team going forward. Now, yes, half of it was against 10 men, but Bruno looked incredible. And I think that he's really been freed up to be that kind of talisman player in midfield. And he was, he was taking that onus on in that second half. So I liked what I saw even before he had his goal to get FPL returns. He had a couple of balls that he basically put right on Ronaldo's head. And it took a huge save from Sanchez to 
keep him from scoring and getting more FPL points. So I think if I had Bruno, I would focus my transfers elsewhere and keep him for this game week, especially versus Leeds, who have been leaking goals. They've been giving up three goals a pop to a lot of um, mid-table teams. So I, I think I would also just, yeah, stick with him and possibly bring in Sun in another game week. Yeah, and uh, just to skip ahead, that's what I am thinking is potentially just chalking off that transfer move uh, because, again, the Spurs fixtures aren't great in the double and maybe looking elsewhere to address my forward line or uh, Martinelli, who's out on red card. Let's let's jump to the forward line so we could wrap this up and, and we'll get to actually discuss our teams. Yeah, Buck, so I think up top, you, you can still target Harry Kane. He's a player that his stats have looked really good. They had a down performance this last game week, but if you are looking for a player that could hit stride at any moment, he's the one, both him and Son have been playing off one of another very well recently. So I, I definitely like him as a, as a shout. Not going to captain him, but could be a differential. And especially if you're sick of Ronaldo, right? Because it's an easy swap for you, especially on one free transfer and not taking a hit that you could just move. You can downgrade Ronaldo to... Kane in one click. And so that feels good getting a double game week player in. And so I think we'll see a lot of managers go that route. Uh, I myself have two free transfers. So I'm going to be bringing the likes of Sala in for uh, with that CR seven money, but uh, yeah, Kane definitely an option elsewhere. Not a lot of mid price double game week forwards. We we're really hoping that Voot was going to be healthy. He's got four matches in two game weeks and we're still just waiting to hear he's 6.5 million and at the very least he's going to score four points and has some upside in this double game week but we have to wait until we get more news so that's that's something that i'm pondering up i was previously looking at edward who i believe is in your squad bucks but he's not getting any minutes so what what how are we feeling about edward as a player that was hot only two game weeks ago and now he's only played a combined like 90 minutes in the last two matches yeah, I'm keeping the faith on that. Um, you know, we mentioned Watkins earlier, who's been disappointing. I think he's an easy move off to get some of these uh, more upside players like uh, Voot, who's out with a hip injury right now. Uh, I think we'll know a little bit more following the European football on Thursday or Friday, what the status of his expected participation in the two back-to-back -back double game weeks is. Uh, Raul Jimenez for Wolves. I think he's a player who has a pretty appealing double game week, and he scored uh, most recently against Spurs in their previous match in game week 25. And then one more player who I think has great fixtures is Lacazette uh, for Arsenal. Ideally, I would want to have Ramsdale, a defender, and I think Lacazette because he's one of the only forwards who I could see really getting returns, whereas They've been so frustrating and enigmatic to predict this season. So I think Arsenal with two matches without really any other competition for Lacazette's spot, uh, he would be my pick as the number one attacker for Arsenal to target in double game week 26. Lacazette's also on pens, so that helps his case to get avenues into points. Uh, same goes for Jimenez. He's on penalty kicks, so I, I do like those two shouts. The Jimenez thing is interesting because Wolves have not been very attacking, but they have everything to play for. Right now, they're in, they're in, I think, seventh place in the league, and they're a team that's been grinding out some victories, but they'll need to make things easier on themselves and score a few more goals. So Jimenez will likely be involved. He can uh, finish, obviously, himself, but he also has a really 
deft passing ability as well. And so I think when we look at Jimenez versus Leicester, you know, he could definitely get some points in that one. Jimenez versus Arsenal, maybe not, but every now and then Arsenal just love to give up a red card and that could happen at any moment and he gets a cheeky pen. So Jimenez could definitely be a, a differential that most aren't looking at. Lacazette, 4.2% owned. So he's obviously a clear differential, but he's, he's a little pricey for me. So uh, Jimenez, 5.3% owned, and that's uh, also a differential shout. A couple other players I just wanted to throw out there uh, that are on our watch list. Uh, you know, Olise from Crystal Palace, Zaha from Crystal Palace. They're both likely going to feature in both of their double game week matches. Um, you know, the striking pair from Watford, if you've kept the faith and they're still on your team, I would not be selling them just yet. They have. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, I basically initiated my wild card to get the Watford triple up out of my team. So I can't believe these words are coming out of my mouth. But you don't want to make senseless transfers and you don't want to be taking a hit to move off any double game players, no matter how ill-advised or difficult they look. I mean, Rafinha plays Liverpool and I believe Man United in this double game week. And if I had him, he would be starting for sure. So that just gives you an example. You know, the more bites at the apple, it's they play the games because it's not as clear cut as it is on paper going into the matches. Crazy things have happened. Middlesbrough beat Man United this season. So uh, Leeds could <laughs> certainly beat Liverpool and Man United back to back. Crazier things have happened. All right, Bucks, any other players you want to shout out for this upcoming double game week 26 that you have your eye on? Well, we haven't talked too much about Burnley, but we should just mention that right now Burnley have a double game week coming up in double game week 26. And then they have a double game week once again in double game week 27. So if you had two free hits left or you have two free transfers like Brian does, I would be figuring out a plan to have at least one Burnley player going into double game week 26 so that you could level up to potentially have two players from their team for double game week 27. That way you're getting six matches where most other players in FPL have max three. So again, just a strategy to think about going for upside and chasing the chances rather than chasing kind of the easy or straightforward points. And Burnley is a team where if there are some differentials in defense, like this guy Peters, who's 4.2 million and he's been starting the last five matches, playing full 90, all of them. So I think there are definitely ways that each and every team can fit a Burnley defender into their squad. Yeah, if you're looking at bringing in a more expensive defender, Tarkowski has the higher expected goals compared to his teammate, Ben Mee. Tarkowski's 4.9, Ben Mee is 4.8. So both of those guys are pretty much going to be nailed to play all four matches. So that is the comfort of spending a little bit more money and you're going to get those players in each of those matches. There are some rumors that Charlie Taylor will come back into the side. He's been sidelined for quite some time. So Peters might not be as nailed. So something to consider. Uh, I really like going either Tarkowski um, or, or me in this situation. And like you said, they've been looking a lot more stout. They know they're fighting for their relegation lives. And so the defense has really uh, become really what we expect of a Burnley side. I would love to get Voot in if he's healthy because I have a slot in my forward attack that I need to fill. But we'll see on his hip. And then Corne, 
he was off uh, just like thinking about him in the last match versus Liverpool. Burnley played really well in the first half. Uh, Voots had a couple of chances. He botched them, but they were playing the long balls over the top versus Liverpool's high line. But they also, Liverpool caught Corne offsides four, five times. There, there were a lot of offside moments. Uh, you could tell that that was Sean Dyke's strategy to just play the long ball over the top and hopefully catch them um, sleeping once or twice. But um, Corne, he has the ability to put in some rockets. So I'm just a little bit concerned about his overall fitness coming back from AFCON as well, but I would expect him to play three out of those four games and at 5.9 million, definitely a, a decent shout as a, as a punt. Yeah. Just last, last word on this. I think for me, I would, my dream would be to have Tarkowski and Cornette uh, going into double game week 27 and potentially one of them for double game week 26. The real question is a lot of managers I've seen, who have not had De Gea in their team are considering going Ramsdale this game week. And then maybe Nick Pope in double game week 27. I think that's really interesting. Those are very expensive keepers, but again, I think team value is not really so much of an issue this season because there is an absence of quality premium forward striker players that are delivering. I mean, no one has Vardy. No one has Lukaku. Barely anyone has Kane. Um, and people are going to be moving from Ronaldo to Kane. So again, there's a lot of places that we can splash some extra cash in our teams. And I think Nick Pope is going to be a really interesting differential and potential differential captain option for double game week 27 for Burnley. Ooh, I mean, I just captained a goalkeeper in double game week 26. He got me 20 points. I know I was breaking down my mathematical predictions with you, Bucks. I was expecting you know, 16 to 18 points from De Gea in this double, which was going to help me, you know, have a very solid floor. And he came through with 20 points. So I wouldn't be surprised to see people captain Nick Pope, especially because only a few game weeks ago, he had, I believe, 19 points in that double game week where they got two clean sheets. So um, if he's back in form, which it appears he is, and the Burnley uh, staunch defenses, he could be a, a potential differential captain in 27. Okay, let's take our final break. When we come back, we'll do transfers and captain selection. Transfer thoughts and captaincy shouts. This is a special edition of Bucks because I believe you and I are popping our triple captain chip. You joining me on this? Pew, 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 pew. Absolutely. I already have it in my bus team. In fact, I am going to be. Ooh, I like that. So fair warning, I actually learned this today on the Always Cheating podcast, shout out to one of our mentors, uh, but you could actually disengage your triple captainship. So Liverpool play in Champions League tomorrow on Wednesday, February 16th. So God forbid something were to happen to our precious Egyptian King Mo Salah or to Diego Jota or to Trent Alexander-Arnold or Robertson. We can change our plan and take the triple captainship off them. But right now it is squarely on the Egyptian King's shoulders. Mo Salah, he will be my guy going into double game week 26 as my triple captain. And then for transfer moves, uh, you know, we discussed this a little bit earlier. Bruno to Sun was my plan to save a million and redistribute it. But I think right now I might actually be leaning to go differential and keep Bruno and I'm thinking that maybe Martinelli red card and missing game week 27, he's going to be out and maybe Watkins to Jimenez and Martinelli to 
like his lines mate, Smith Rowe or Odegaard or Cornette. I'm going to have to stretch it, but uh, it's definitely possible. Okay, Buck. So you have money in the bank to make those moves. How much money you got in the bank? Got a couple shekels. Right now I'm on uh, 0.1 million. I, I could do the straight swap of Martinelli to Odegaard, who I think is 5.6, and Watkins down to Jimenez. It's exact money. So I'd have to, I'd have to really be following closely on the price change website. And it's worth mentioning that the reason I'm considering doing this is because I think that Bruno is going to be one of the single game week players that is going to actually outscore a lot of the double game week, more popular player selections. You know, we've mentioned Bowen. He's been doing this a couple of game weeks in a row now. And there always seems to be a handful of these players who in single game weeks just have their moment. And I think that that Leeds fixture is, is almost inviting United to put multiple goals in the back of the net. So that's, that's my thinking there. Especially since we saw Bruno put in his hat trick, his first ever Premier League hat trick versus Leeds in game week one. So I think we have some fond memories of him just going off in the Leeds fixture. So yes, sir. Uh, yeah, I, I think those are, those are interesting moves, Bucks. You'll have to take a hit to facilitate two moves. Um, Watkins is a player that does play in 27. So I like that if you brought in Jimenez, he also plays in 27. If you decide to use your free hit chip or not, I don't know where you stand with that, but I do would recommend for all managers to make sure that if you're making transfer moves and bringing players in your team, ideally they will play in double game week 26 and maybe double, and then also play in game week 27. If you're not going to use a free hit chip in 27, which is what I'm leaning towards. Yeah, and I should just say that I just rambled on and on about the virtues of bringing in a Burnley player, and I didn't mention that they were in my kind of short list. Um, but Dean to Tarkowski is another move that I am. So maybe I do Martinelli, at, or I just, excuse me, I do keep Martinelli for one more game week. I do Dean down, and then I do Watkins down. Thereby, I can get some players that are a little more exciting for Martinelli uh, when he blanks in 27. Yeah, I mean, I don't rate moving off a of Dean because he's going to be nailed and they're playing Watford. Watkins is rumored to potentially be rotated. They might give Ings a chance. Um, Gerard was fuming after their loss, and we could see four or five changes within the team. So I do like maybe just avoiding the hit and bringing on Jimenez for Watkins, and then you could just avoid that four-point hit. I mean, Tarkowski is, is a punt. He's probably going to get you four points. Right. So when you compare that to Dean and if Dean gets an assist and clean sheet, that's 12 points. So just got to think about what the, the ceilings are for some of these players. If you're going to take that minus four hit. A man can dream about having a double digit haul as my fourth defender. But so far this season, it hasn't come to fruition. How about you, Brian? What are you <laughs> looking at for your two free transfers? And I know we mentioned we're both on triple captain Sala, but I think our team is going to look pretty different otherwise yeah bucks taking a look at the triple captaincy shout you know even though Salah has not done so hot in the last game versus Burnley uh, he looked really good coming off for 30 minutes in the previous match versus Leicester and in the reverse fixtures he had eight and 17 points respectively right so that would be absolutely fantastic if we could get another 20 plus point performance out of Salah in these two matches. And 
a leads match is going to be open there. They don't have enough attacking output and the ability to control the midfield to stop or halt anything that the Liverpool attack does. So I'm expecting lots of chances for, for Salah. And even though TAA right now is closing the gap in terms of points per match with Salah, it's just going to be so much more fun to root for the attacking output and root for a potential hat trick in one of those games and having Salah. So I think it's just depends how you like to manage. And if um, you know, you want to root for clean sheets, which is not fun to do, honestly, because uh, anything wacky can happen. But uh, I think just captaining Salah is a no brainer uh, with a triple captainship. Yeah. His effective ownership is going to be somewhere in like the 230 to 250 range. Uh, I think he's going to be the most popular captain selection. And I just think that you're going to be so petrified every time he touches the ball or every time Liverpool are going forward on an attack uh, that Mo Salah is going to be the one that puts it in the back of the net. And that's no way to enjoy a double game week, especially not just one match where you have to be totally fearing for uh, what's going to happen, but two full matches, 180 minutes. Ah, that's, that's too much. My anxiety is just through the roof, even thinking about people not triple captaining Salah. Yeah, absolutely. Bucks. So I, had a lot of restraints and I rolled my transfer last week instead of hitting out Foden and Cristiano Ronaldo, which would have woo, been very difficult woo. because I, uh, I, you know, I've had my conviction. I captained De Gea. He did me a solid and got me 20 points. So that was really helpful. And I, I would have missed Foden's eight pointer and Ronaldo's 10 points. That, that would have been tough. So now I sit with two free transfers. I'm going to use the money from Ronaldo to fund a move to get Sala. And I'm going to move on from Foden at this point in time. He's just the player in my midfield since I have Sun already in place that I'm going to upgrade Foden to Salah. So that leaves me with about 7.4 million pounds exactly to find a striker option. And looking at my team, I don't think I need to take a hit to bring in another defender. Uh, I have Cancelo, Veltman, and Laporte all playing. Veltman's playing versus Burnley. So I think I'm just going to start him over Watkins and uh, avoid taking a hit this game week. So with that being said, I need to bring in players that are going to feature in double game week 26 and in 27, because I am not going to use my free hit chip in 27. So I'm looking at the likes of Edward Vut Veghorst or probably Jimenez. Uh, these are not standout options by any means. I, I would be excited to bring in the six foot six basketball esque Voot, but with his hip, we don't know if he's going to play. But having four matches in two game weeks definitely exciting, right? It just it just be fun to have back to back double game week um, options. So that's what I'm looking at. I will end on I believe seven double game week players and four single game week players. So. Not not the best, but not not bad. And uh, I think captaincy again. We're hoping that that buoys our teams and shoots us way over the hundred century mark this game week. Yeah, that's definitely not a murderer's row of potential forward replacements for Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, just to close out, I'm going to have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, at least eight double game week players, potentially up to nine. And Very nice. yeah, I just think that we're both well positioned. You're a couple points ahead of me in the standings, 
but I think that we have all the big hitters covered. I think really the notable holes in both of our teams are the Arsenal boys, because we are both going to be saving our free hits and not using them in 27. So the double in game week 26 almost makes up for the fact that they don't have a match in game week 27. However, we are both tripled up on Liverpool. So that's just a move waiting to happen. So I think we're both being disciplined in going for players outside of Arsenal who we can have for the long haul. We can target Arsenal with future moves after this double game week and the small double game week in 27. Yeah, just super frustrating to have Martinelli be missing the Brentford match. That's the one at home uh, that you really wanted to have him in. Instead, he's just basically, you know, second or third on my bench. I do love that I will have the option to move Martinelli to Ramsey potentially in game week 27 when a lot of teams blank, such as Martinelli. So just knowing that I can get to Ramsey, who's been a hot commodity in FPL, 4.8 million in one move without taking a hit is a reason why I'm just going to hold on and bench Martinelli this game week. So that's that's kind of where my thought process is at. Um, I could get aggressive. The only other move I just want to run by you, Bucks, is doubling up on Burnley attack. I could move Ronaldo to Weghorst, and then I could move Foden to Sala. And that would give me enough money to upgrade Martinelli to Corne. Again, I think this is kind of a trap that we yeah. saw earlier in the season. Yeah. When this, I'm just take, taking some of the learnings from you, actually, Bucks, when you brought in both Dennis and King for that double game week. And then you're instantly like, wow, I, my team looks so unbalanced. And I have two really bad players in my squad that I want to get rid of immediately. And I think if I brought in two Burnley attackers, that's how it would feel. But uh, if, if they were a, a little bit more attacking, I might take a punt on that, but I think I'm probably going to avoid that because that would also be a minus four hit. Yeah, it all makes sense. I think there's a lot of tinkering that needs to be done before the weekend. This is among the best times of the FPL season. If you are still into the game, there's going to be double game weeks, big and small from here on until double game week 36. There might even be another major blank game week in game week 30. So there's going to be a lot of planning that needs to go on. So no move can be made just in isolation, but this is the time to really make or break your season. Again, we have one third of the season left, still plenty of time to rise the ranks. You could pull a Maya, you could pull a Brian and go from, you know, just outside the top 150 K outside the top 300 K all of a sudden you're sitting pretty inside the top 50 K nothing is impossible. So just back your gut, make some bold moves, go for some differentials, and hopefully we'll be back here after double game week 26, again, with some green arrows matching between the co-hosts as well as our listeners. Can't wait for that, Bucks. Please follow us on social at FPL Blues Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks a lot for tuning in to this double game week 26 preview episode. We'll be back with you after the double game week. And Bucks, Let's get those green arrows, baby. Yes, sir. Let's go. Big hauls. Double game week 26 to the moon. To the moon.